This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome, everyone, to Off the Break Podcast. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Eric. Hello again. Hello. We have a lot to get through today. Yes, Huge we do. Huge podcast day today. Totally natural and organic and organic segues yes. along the way. Oh my gosh. But it's all going to come together nicely, we promise. <laughs> better, it's going to be a good one. Better go take your bathroom breaks now. Yes. There's there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. Get that cup of coffee. Not building this up too much. Yeah. No, no, of course not. <laughs> no, it's actually good. It it's good. Um so I guess we should we should just get started because you guys went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh, early no shows way last I was night. Missing that. Tarantino's yeah. newest flick. Yeah, there's yeah. no way I was missing that. I wanted to go at four. I was gonna be like, hey guys, is it cool if I take off a little early because that's when my buddy was gonna go with me? But then he's like, it didn't work. But then he bailed on me at the later show time, and I was like, sucks for you. I'm still going. <laughs> so I went there and. Did you go by yourself then? Yeah. Oh, just me and Tarantino. The occasional Tino. movie by yourself. I feel is bad because nice. I went to that I go same. To so many movies by myself. I feel I bad. I went to that same show and I would have had you come with. No. Had I known when I'm at the movie, it's just me and the movie. Yeah, Fair me enough. too. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to go with people because I just blatantly ignore them anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could just sit it's by like myself. I might as well not sit next to you, so I don't feel awkward about not saying anything. I to don't want to sit next to you because I don't want you to interrupt what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very escape. fair. Very fair. There are people. The the there's a couple next to me that I don't know. Some people just you know those people who are incapable of whispering. Yep. Yeah. We know. heard a lot of those people. Well, there's that one guy screen. who's like trying to be all witty and comment like all the different trailers. And was that the guy that yelled Tarantino? Yes. I was like Tarantino, like right at the start. Where and but, I'm like, like, it's not a Marvel movie. He was, but yeah, he was trying this. to get like he was like trying to be all hyped up for it. But at, like at the last second, he second guessed himself. He's like Tarantino. Yeah. And every, <laughs> no the one woman reacted. right next to me is just kind of like. <laughs> and I was like, please shut up. We also had nobody a, cares. We just want to watch the movie. We also had a heck of a cackler. I thought it was like three people with the exact same voice who were always in unison. Either that or it was like, one person that sounded like three people. Yeah, I mean, she, obviously it's a funny movie, it's a Tarantino was, movie. Yeah. But like, there were a couple lines when they really hit home. Like everyone in the theater was laughing, but yeah. this person slash persons just pierced through everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I'm sure they had a great time, but. I'm happy it, they did. They didn't did sound, sound human. like, but <laughs> <laughs> what uh, theater was it in? Was it a good one? Um, I mean, one? no, none of our theaters are really that good. No, but. they're all Shout terrible. Out. But <laughs> I mean, we'll get to the movie. Movie's incredible, but the sound was even worse than normal. Like, yeah, it's just pure, and I was in the back too. It's just so pure it's, left, right I didn't coming hear from it. the front. Yeah, you know? I swear they don't turn on the side surround sound no, speakers. No, I just don't. I think that they're not anymore at I, our theater. Why? What? What's the purpose of that? I don't know. It's not so, like, to run save their energy bill up. I think it's high? they broke the sound system in some of the theaters, and <laughs> instead of replacing it because it's, it's like, so eh, old, they won't notice. Yeah, I think it's that like, they. Oh, we notice. It's so quiet. Yeah. It's not only quiet, it's just that you know you're not getting surround sound, but you're paying for it yeah. in tickets. I mean, like, they I, pump they bump it up a little bit once the lights go down and, like, yeah. the actual movie starts. But, but it did previews, not feel like it. I mean, no, but the previews was, oh, yeah. you know, I'm in, like, the middle, pretty much the middle of the theater. And it's just so faint. 
Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just those tinny TV speakers that come on all those modern TVs now since yeah. they're mm-hmm. so thin and they can't really fit any real speakers in there. It sounded like that if it was on, like, low volume. Yeah. And that and that was worse for me because I was in the back of the theater for once. And, I, and the Hustlers trailer came on and I was like, ooh, this is actually a really good trailer that I'm looking forward to hearing. But then, like, they use no. such a really bass-heavy <laughs> sound that it just doesn't sound like there's any bass. And then I could barely hear Jennifer Lopez telling people to go steal money with her and i was just like <laughs> come on yeah no it's, you kidding the presentation me? is always just terrible it's because they broke the sound system and they're not fixing it luckily tarantino can make up for it yeah because he's really good at his job yeah no i mean <laughs> okay, obviously so we don't want to give away guys, any yeah. spoilers because it's you know it's a tarantino movie these are like big things you want to go in and be surprised but yeah. it's a i mean i like most pretty much almost all of Tarantino's movies a lot but this one in particular I I really really liked it it was it was just it was really sincere it was it was a very mature sincere movie the characters while still being larger than life and very funny and, in- and entertaining and wacky and quirky were still they were very honest and they were getting at some very very mature themes uh-huh um I There's think, a lot of empathy, I yeah. guess, in the movie. Do you think that's a reflection of where Tarantino is at in his life? Because he's, you know, nearing 60s and his late 50s. He's yeah. obviously an older gentleman. He's not the young man that had a, a lot to say and a lot of... <laughs> I, I called it anger earlier, but frustrations Just or... Just angst. Yeah. yeah. And more energy, maybe more... Mm-hmm. No, I mean... Sometimes that youthful energy is totally. misbeguided. And, it, I've seen on several other publications or sources mm-hmm. saying that this is the first tarantino movie that feels like the work of an of a like an older filmmaker right. you know Just a mature... not in a bad way at all but like i feel like that does happen you know you get right. to a point in your life where the things that interest you or that you think about are they change yeah. and you get a little bit more reflective introspective oh i think and everybody that completely at that point comes does. across in this movie like mm-hmm. and i I kind of knew that that's sort of what it was like going in, but you know, even from like the very beginning, I was like, okay, this is what I'm in right. for. And that kind of colors the rest of the movie, just watching Tarantino and also his characters deal with just, you know, major life transitions and the uncertainty yeah. of what comes next. I was joking to Kyle. I mean, I was, I was serious, but like thematically it, is very similar to Toy Story 4. Like, it's almost like a companion <laughs> film. Like, Rick Dalton's character is, like, just the real-life version, the R-rated real-life version of Woody from Toy Story 4. I was like, yeah, what does come next when you're past your prime and you've already fulfilled your purpose, you know? Yeah. It's heavy stuff, but Tarantino handles it in a very entertaining, fun way. Do you think those are existential issues he's got? Going oh, I'm on sure. Right now I'm his, sure. He's always his had mind. his. He's always had his big like. I'm gonna make ten movies, and then I'm gonna retire from making movies. I'm gonna make plays and write novels. But I feel like it's a lot easier for him to sound confident in that in interviews. Right. When you think about the person and the actual like journey he's been on himself, his whole life is movies. You know, yeah. that's his biggest passion. And like, you know, of course, this is the perfect way to reflect on his life is through Hollywood. In the at the time where everything was changing but yeah i mean i feel like he's not doubting but just really reflecting on where what he's done what he's gonna leave behind and what he can do now 
through these through these characters that yeah. you know that are set in an era where I think if he was going to be like introspective of himself and really reflect on his things he would probably mask that in the golden era of hollywood because he just loves hollywood so much and and especially that time back when it's 35 millimeter and he's a champion of that you you know so there's there's a lot of that that i think comes back up that he's like holding on to this golden past and using it to reflect on himself oh absolutely because he was only i i thought he was like seven or eight he was only six years old in 1969 yeah but you know i have memories from when i was six like people remember that and when you're that young things are even more grand and amazing oh yeah and you know there's no doubt in my mind that that was like the genesis of his lifelong love affair with the movies so yeah there was just a lot of things outside of the movie that colored how i saw the movie because mm-hmm. the movie as it's on its own is just really entertaining incredibly entertaining it's a very loose flowing narrative you know there's not re- it takes place 90 percent of the movie takes place in like one day and then like at the very end it cuts to like six months later um so you really it's not wrong to call it a hangout movie you just kind of you know follow rick doing his thing cliff doing his thing cliff's brad pitt's character Sharon Tate doing her thing. Sometimes Cliff and Rick get together. Sometimes Cliff's with Al Pacino's character. But there's always there's always something more going on, even if it's really subtle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kyle, you yeah. take over for now. What did, so, what, Kyle, what, what did you, you think, think of the film? I'm right on par with what Eric's saying. Um, I thought that this was a really, like Eric was saying, a very loose narrative. Uh, one of uh, Tarantino's most loose narratives probably in his filmography um, but that's not a, a bad thing at all. I really appreciate that. I like that it wasn't feeling like it was a movie that needed to build up to something, but rather it's just a journey through the lives of different types of actors and their careers um, in 60s Hollywood. And I, I think some people might be turned off by how the narrative is presented in that way, but I really liked it and appreciated that. Um, and the acting is incredible because these so – I feel good. like these actors know like – what their roles are trying to represent and what these people are supposed to be at in the situations they're in right now. And I think, um, all three of them own it with, uh, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt and Leo, Leo, especially for me was one of my favorite parts. Oh, or they're if all, not the they are part. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, a lot of before, like when this movie premiered at con, there was, there was some talk about how Margot Robbie's character doesn't have a lot of screen time. She doesn't have as many lines as, as the men, and I know that, you know, between the the cut of the film he showed at Con and now it's like two minutes longer. And a lot of that was more Sharon Tate scenes. But I really, really liked how he presented Sharon Tate in this movie. She it's not like she doesn't speak. She does, but she doesn't have like a a traditional ABC narrative, like more so than the other two. You really do just kind of follow her. She's kind of a lot of, of show don't tell. Yeah, she's it's just it's she's just, not telling it's us just this how she young free spirited woman who we all know the tragic end of her life, but at this point in time, she's on the rise. She's probably on the cusp of a really major breakthrough. Mm-hmm. There's a really touching scene where she goes to watch one of the movies that she's in mm-hmm. called The Wrecking Crew, and the whole time you see it, it keeps cutting back to her in the theater, and every time the audience laughs at something she says, you can see the joy on her face, like, like I'm, I can do this, I love mm-hmm. this, this is why I wanted to be an actor. Um, but, 
yeah, it just you just kind of follow her around, and gradually the just the the emotion takes over, I guess, and it, yeah. it, it totally works. And I think some people are gonna not recognize that. Not to say that they can't, but just I think some people are not used to that when it comes to Tarantino in a oh, lot of ways. Uh, so I think if people come in watching this and they don't recognize that, I think they'll have a hard time getting through this movie, especially because it's a slow paced movie, which isn't a bad thing either. I actually think it does need to be a slow paced uh, for this type of story. Uh, but I would just warn people that they might turn off, but at least try and not to <laughs> try well, not to be just because of, it's telling a different type of story. Yeah, the thing with Quentin Tarantino is he's one of the last, if not like the last, direct like auteur director name who can draw in crowds somewhat on the scale of like a mainstream big movie. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's a lot of different types of people that he attracts. Some people like him for the crazy blood shootouts, over the top coolness factor. Mm-hmm. Some people like the you know, the dialogue. Some people like the non-linear structure of a lot of his movies. Some people like all of it. But this one, I feel like the people who aren't going to like it are going to be more of the people who, you know, when they think Tarantino, they think the Mexican standoff shootouts. They think the fast-paced vulgar dialogue. That's, like, always really funny. Um, Because there's just a lot less of that because it's it's much more... Uh, focused on the reflection and really thinking about where cinema and by extension Quentin Tarantino has been, where he's come from, and what comes next. But you'll still get you'll still get what? the crazy shootout, awesome action at the end. It's it'll still feel Tarantino. Oh my god! It'll what? still feel Tarantino in parts. Where do you think it leaves it off? Like, does Tarantino have an idea of where it's going to go for him and for cinema and all that? He's hopeful. Or, is, or does it end in a shootout and it's just done? Oh, there's a shootout, but it's not the very end. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I don't want to give away too much, but there's a, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He's not that old, you know, yeah. but the way he's presented in this one shot is a cranky old get off my lawn kind of guy. Yeah. Yelling at who, you know, are a bunch of hippies, but yeah. also represent the new culture that's taking over. So you have the past getting angry at what the new thing that's coming but then at the end that same new generation not the same people but like the new generation he comes to embrace them and he goes to like hang out just go have a drink and it's this really touching moment where like a very good point it's like it's like you know what things we who knows what's gonna happen but let's see Yeah. yeah you know it's the more I think about it, the more, yeah, it's, Quentin Tarantino is optimistic, I think. That's a great point. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even think about it in that terms. Um, movies are always changing, but there's always going to be good movies. Right. Well, it did, um, I think, over $5 million in early yeah, show like grosses. 5.7, 5.8 yeah, or something. Last night. So That's good. I, I feel like that bodes well for this weekend. I, I really oh, yeah. think it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, next weekend might be a little different story with, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Just because it's a PG thirteen and it's just gonna yeah. suck a lot of audience. Naturally. But I think I a think... lot of people are excited for it too. Yeah. For the type of movie that this is, an R rated over two and a half hour long you know, artsy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I feel like it's gonna do good. I oh, think yeah. so I think Sony's really just gonna want that opening weekend to do really well. Yeah. I, I think they know so. it comes come Hobbs and Shaw that it's gonna waver. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so we were talking about how how well Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt acted in this and how just captivating and so much that they're screen movies, magnetism. Yeah. I missed like, both of them. I know more right. than I realized and that that screen magnetism isn't something that everybody has. Like just very few actors have that where it just draws you and you can't take your yeah, eyes there's off. There's lots them. of great actors. Nobody's yeah. saying that, but we're talking about capital M movie stars. Right. Yeah. Like in the traditional sense you go, you see, you seek out movies because they're in it. Yep. Not because like the premise sounds cool or you like the director or, you know, you like the or first the, one or the brand. But yeah, the first one, the brand behind it, but because they're in it. Right. And here I'll let Cody, you continue. Oh, I so, well, we, so we were having this discussion because there was an, a Hollywood reporter article about Leonardo DiCaprio might be one of the last of those kind of actors that are just, purely a movie star not because of a franchise not because he was in a superhero movie but just be literally because everybody likes the way he acts Mm -hmm. and i kind of argue that there's probably a crop of those actors of varying ages but that um he was probably the face of that crop. yeah he definitely in this movie too like oh yeah but he's probably some of the younger ones like i just don't couldn't come to mind anybody much younger than him that would also be in that crop of yeah of true stars because even we named some like jake gyllenhaal and ryan gosling they've been in rom-coms and and superhero movies yeah. now that that's just maybe where it's going people like to, robert downey jr everybody yeah. loves robert downey jr but they love iron man right is what they're saying did did they really love him when he was in Weird Science back in the eighties, or did they, lo- you know, like is his whole nice film, callback. is his whole film career like, yeah, the cultivation? Because I think Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't, I can't think of a movie that people aren't like he was really good at that. Wait, they think that that he, that people say that they wouldn't say he was really good. Oh, at would that. not oh, say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I heard. Okay, no, every yeah, I heard that wrong. I mean, of course, there's always haters, but like. It's almost like a meme. Everybody loves Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Like when he got his Oscar, the internet went crazy. It's a finally. Yeah, everyone was like, yeah, he probably deserved it 10, 15 years ago, but he finally got it and everybody was rooting for him. Everyone was behind him because, you know, it's just, it, you can't describe it, but he's he a just, movie star. He has it. The, <laughs> yes. it, the it factor the it in Hollywood. Right. <laughs> but as the types of movies have changed over time and the. And the and the studios pivoting to the franchise only yeah, franchise model, brand driven brand driven mm-hmm. model. The ability, the power of the movie star has kind of waned. The ability to have them draw in, have that be the factor, is kind of waned. Changing. However, we were kind of discussing how in the streaming era, it might give the movie star an opportunity to rise again because. It's more of the supply of film is so, and the supply options are so overwhelming. What is the thing that's going to make you emotionally click Mm -hmm. on something and not have to read the synopsis or be like, okay, I feel like a Star Wars movie or I feel like, you know, one of these things. And it might be a movie star like, oh, I think this will be good because so-and-so is in it. Historically, it's always been about the movie stars. And I feel like... You know, just in the current age, the era that we're in right now, because it's so unprecedented with like streaming and having access to everything at one time, you know, there, I'm sure everybody's had that experience. You, you, you go on to Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and you end up scrolling for 40 minutes. You just get overwhelmed. Yeah. What yeah. do you choose? What, you know, but 
when you think about it, there's really nothing to go off of. And I feel like it, that's only going to get worse when every oh, yeah. other company has their own streaming service. How you're many... literally going to be surrounded by content. And it's just, right. you're just going to be like, I give up. I kind of feel like I'm doing that already with superhero movies. Like, not they're not all equal to me. And the ones I keep going back to are because I like... I yeah. kind of like the actor. Like I really mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange because I like. I think Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. is awesome. You to like watch. the character, but what you're really saying is you love the way that actor brought that character to yeah. life. So yeah, they're in a superhero movie, but it's again, it's about the star. It's about the face of the story, and I feel like as streaming gets more and more just huge, people need a jumping off point. They need, they need a yeah. hook. And I think it's the familiarity. They need something that they emotionally can trust because if you look at a star and you know that they're, you know, their history, you have information right there in front of you. You have like, are they good at acting? Like mm-hmm. you kind of know what you're getting with that. Yeah. Whereas I think when, where people get overwhelmed when they have a menu of films of movies and options is that they're, they just don't know. They can't trust their decision no. in that moment. And there's, there's no human faces. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There's, Tech, yes of course there's faces on the little thumbnails right but when it's all presented in this huge grid of just like well here you go you have everything right this is what you want you need that sort of like human like connection that people get from movie stars or actors or actresses mm-hmm. that they like and you know i'm sometimes i i love nicholas cage unabashed fan of nicholas cage he's made a lot of crap movies but at the end of the day but you, you know what you're getting yeah you don't that's it's like yeah the movie is probably gonna be crap but i'm gonna be seeing nicholas cage yeah. mm-hmm. you and know i'm gonna see the way he acts and i yes. know exactly what i'm getting and i and i like that let's I see nicholas cage in curse of the whatever ghost right. <laughs> nicholas cage in the you know it's not about the movie it's about seeing the actor in that movie right. yeah so I feel like, again, who knows, yeah. but I, I feel like it's a pretty good speculation on our part. to. I think it's something that streaming services at least are taking into consideration. I mean, um, Netflix has hired Will Smith for one of their big movies, yeah. and that actually had a lot of views, apparently. Uh, Bird Box had Sandra Bullock, and that had a lot of views. Granted, there was a, there was, you know, a lot of meme trends going on with that at the same time yeah. but sandra Bull- sandra bullock was like the face of that but i'm gonna be curious about netflix's movie with dwayne johnson ryan reynolds and oh, gal yeah. cadeau because that will that might be the case to where if it does actually get mm-hmm. a lot of views and maybe streaming service w- services will take that more into consideration Yeah, because you can search by actor and yeah they're whatever is on that i don't think people think up. about that but you can yeah that's a good point though because yeah when you think about these streaming movies it's like obviously there's a whole conundrum of they are streaming movies, but mm-hmm. setting that aside, a lot of them are original movies. You yeah, know, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're good, I don't know, but it's a start that streaming services, you know, they don't already have a built-in franchise to work with until Disney Plus comes out, of course. But <laughs> they're relying on the fact, like, hey, let's just try and come up with a cool original story and then get people, actors and actresses that people like. And hopefully that will draw them in. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like the beginning stages of that. Do you think that, um, what was it, True Detective series? I never watched it. I saw but, season one. Oh, but, so good. But on HBO. Yeah. I feel like it keeps coming up because really good actors keep coming into the roles. Yeah, and, I mean, season yeah. three got well, I mean, Mahershala that's, Ali. That's, yeah. that's a, one of the big things people talk about when they talk about peak TV or golden age television mm-hmm. is all of a sudden you see these prestigious actors 
uh, migrating over to television. Yeah. Right. Which is like, what? This isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But like you think of any big major uh, actor like Meryl Streep, she's in Big Little Lies, you know, Amy mm-hmm. Adams. By the way, that season's so good. You can name <laughs> any any big actor that people can you mm-hmm. mostly agree is like a great artist. They're in television now, at least yeah. at some point. And te- or in the incarnation of streaming because it feels more like television. Yeah, they're in television premium channels which then by extension become streaming. Yeah. People see them by streaming them. And so yeah, I think we might be on to something. Might be on to the next era of Well, the thing that I think about too star. is everybody says everything's brand driven. But I feel like Which we just did. Yeah. Yeah, 80%, 90% of the brand is like Marvel, Star Wars, yeah, re- Disney remakes, you know? And that can't last forever. No. Nothing lasts forever. I've been saying for a long time that like Marvel has already peaked. I feel like Endgame was the peak. Phase four looks super cool, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Phase four looks cool. It looks really exciting, <laughs> but it'll be. I good really don't transition. think it's gonna be the consistent box office behemoth that Marvel has been for ten years now. Well, I don't think anything in any industry ever goes that long. Exactly. So it, it just so. it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And once that starts going down, there has to be a new thing. Nobody knows what the new thing is, but maybe it, I don't know. Right. No, it'll be, it'll be good to see, but you know, actors have personal brands. It's not like we're getting away from the branding. You're just branding the individual versus, versus the the IP. Yeah. So. Which again has that human element. So I think the actors that might do the best moving forward are the ones that are able to brand themselves via like social media via these other ways yeah, so I mean, that's that, just the age we're in you so know? that you yeah you come to know them and you're like like i wouldn't want to watch that hustlers movie at all it's just not my kind of movie but the fact that ali Wan is in it mm-hmm. makes me kind of want to see it because i love her stand-up comedy ali like Wan is in that movie yeah she, oh i did not know great that. example keanu yeah. reeves Everyone's so hot for Keanu Reeves, oh, and a true. huge part of that is because they love the person Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. At least you know what what we see on the internet yeah. and what we read about. But I have no doubt that he's a good person. Um, people only say the nicest things about him. Yes, people... never mind. It's constant woo. I thought it was Ali Wong. Oh, now okay. I really don't want to see it. I knew about Con- <laughs> you don't like Constance Wu. Oh, not really. But I, really I finally like saw Ali Crazy Rich Asians. I thought she was good. She was good in that, yeah. but I d- I don't like her as much as I love Ali Wong. She. Uh, I watched that Keanu Reeves movie with her on streaming. This is always be my maybe. <laughs> oh, but yes, my point so with Keanu Reeves. See that one. Yeah, my anyway, point with Keanu, Keanu Reeves is that people love him. There's that human element. You know, they they like seeing somebody that they already like outside of the movies, mm-hmm. and they want to see what he's doing next. Right. And he's not a big social media guy. You know, he's not like <laughs> tweeting out like, "Where's my Reeves heads?" You know, no, it's everybody. <laughs> you know things like that but people just see him being a good guy and they like him you know so it's i feel like it's also a badass yeah i mean he's just a just a good guy who takes his job seriously yeah and that i feel like that's going to be the secret to being a successful personal brand going forward yeah you know get the people to like you and here's a hint People tend to like good people, mm-hmm. so be a good human, um, and maybe that'll coincide with the I rise know. of the movie star. I was thinking we should call him. They, we should call them Ted Heads. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ted's funny. I down. couldn't remember if he was Bill or Ted, though. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. Ted heads. <laughs> Brandy and I. That will especially come in handy next year when that oh, movie so or that, that uh, sequel or whatever it's movie. called. But they yeah. are really good movies. They're, they hold up. They're great. So, surprisingly, as kind of dumb as they are they're yeah but just, they're lovably dumb they are lovably dumb they're all they're very positive like there's yes. nothing oh they're so warm yeah and that's very rare to find yes. that just like enthusiasm mm, positivity. positivity right <laughs> if you want a dose of it those Who are good thought? movies but yeah that's kind of our spiel on the movie star who knows yeah. what'll happen but just something that we thought of and what you all should be thinking it's what of. made it's <laughs> what quentin made us think about with his movie very, that's very much about this whole question right um moving on from the movie star the rise of the movie star we you know our industry is always faced with different challenges and how does theaters in the streaming era adapt and react and there's been a call from some former studio executives to talk about variable pricing in the theater. What is variable pricing? Variable pricing is when you charge a different price for a movie based upon a number of factors. It could be that you don't think that the movie is going to perform as well. So you would give it a cheaper ticket price to get people to come in because they don't want to invest in the money in something that, that they don't really want to see like discrimination. Um, variable pricing could just be that it's been in the market so long. And so that there should be a price drop at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ways it it can take form. Um, we see it a little bit, not within a complex, but there are, you know, sub-run houses, dollar theaters. There's mm-hmm. what we call intermediate theaters where they might have a cheaper ticket, but they don't get to open movies when they open nationally. Yeah. And then there's first run. Well, in some of these articles in the trades, they've been talking about having f- first run theaters have variable pricing on brand new movies. But I just feel that that is so misleading to people and puts the puts theater owners like they're the ones that are not doing variable pricing they're the ones that need to adapt when really it's very studio driven you're not going to tell sony or paramount or even disney that their film isn't going to do very well or has been in the market too long and you want to charge a different price who are you to say yeah when so and you're not going to tell Sony, hey, you're getting a $5 ticket, whereas Disney, because they have Lion King, are getting a $15 ticket. Yeah. Like, that's just never going to happen. And who makes those decisions? So the article never gets into details on how this would ever work. But is the theater owner going to make the decision? Is the theater owner going to get punished somehow with not getting movies in the future yeah. because they did that? They made that call that the movie wasn't going to be very good? Is it subjective to the buyers i mean maybe sometimes we think that movies will do better than they do or are not are going to be turds and they're not so mm-hmm. who you know who gets to make that decision is a big deal do the studios do we have to get permission from them and be like well you didn't open very good so we should have variable pricing now i mean yeah do we have it going in there's just so many questions and i and i think what bothered me most about that article was that um, Where was the article? It was on Hollywood Reporter. Okay. I feel like it was uh, Chris Aronson, which is a former Fox mm-hmm. executive, was okay. talking about it. And his big thing was Stuber should never have been the, priced at the same price as like a Lion King. He was well, a former Fox executive and he was making this pitch? Yeah. I, yeah. That's very interesting. Because <laughs> so, I, I imagine like he would think of what you're saying pretty much. It's like how does... He knows. he It's just throwing the theaters under the bus. Like the industry is failing because theaters aren't 
doing variable pricing or they're not adapting or they're charging too it's much. It's their fault. He made the point, the article made the point that in what the um, movie pass showed was that people were willing to go to the movies. They just didn't want to pay the price. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, that's easy for the studio to be like, hey, theaters charge it cheaper, but the studios at the same time take <laughs> three fourths of the box office. Yeah. So what what are theaters to do? Like they ha- they are taking on all of the liability and all of the maintenance and all of the cost of actually having a physical building to show the theaters to show movies in. Just to show your R-rated comedy that yeah. no one wanted to see so, or no so one went to see. So studios aren't paying for the labor costs of all the theater, you know, of the theaters. They're not paying for the the energy costs and all the utilities and all the so Buildings are expensive and studios aren't picking up the tab for that. So that's on the theater owner. And when the studio takes most of the box office and film rental, where is the theater owner going to make that up? Yeah. I mean, that's why we always talk about concessions or where they make their money. That's because studios are taking their hand from the box. So if we have variable pricing, are the studios going to lower their terms because their movies were bad? (laughs) No. I don't don't see them lowering terms ever. Are they going to... And even still, I don't think people would want to pay cheaper to go see a bad movie anyway. Well, they... I think they they would. I, I think the problem with with movies is that and this is why studios have pivoted to franchises is because you there's a certain level of knowing what you get for your dollar yeah and people just don't want to risk their what limited media dollars that they have to spend on a film that's an unknown Mm -hmm. and so when you know that it's maybe not very good because it's not getting good reviews on rotten tomatoes you're you don't want your threshold of of wanting to pay for that and how much you pay for it is lowered. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing The theaters, I think for a long time would have loved to have variable pricing. It's just who gets to determine that what happens to your terms when you do and what's going to happen with the windowing, you know, as we go into the streaming and wit and there's this big push to, to close the windowing on the exclusivity of theaters getting to show this product do they get to have variable pricing within their window? Is it within the streaming window? There's just a lot of questions that come into this that were never ever even addressed in the article. It was very much a clickbait article, which, but I just wanted to kind of talk about the idea of variable pricing yeah. and how it's just, they know, everybody knows it's never really going to work, but it's definitely conversations we need to have within the industry because streaming is putting a wrench into it for the first time maybe we will get variable pricing because they're going to close the theatrical window so low for streaming to, to get it clo- quicker on streaming that yeah. how can they justify charging us one the terms they are and two at the price points that they have to <coughs> when it's available Excuse elsewhere me. for free so i think variable variable pricing will come into play maybe down the road but i think it'll be hand in hand with streaming and windowing yeah, I think that's that's the only way to do it would be through windowing. Other than that, I don't see how there's any way to justify justify who gets to choose what prices are for and what. I, like regardless of studio or theater owner, like there's just no reason why right. either one deserves to not deserves, but ha- there's no reason why either side should have right. And let's just the idea of knowing how that should work. And, I guess, and it's part of the master licensing agreement. All theater owners must sign with the studio to be able to license its product that they can't do variable. They can't charge different 
mm-hmm. for that studio's product what they would charge for something else. Then, that, then that rule would have to change. Yeah, and it, all of them would have to agree, but I don't think everyone's going to agree on that. <laughs> no, <then it's laughs> so I guess it's, there's no real point. I, I don't know. At this right. point, then I, I say, why bother thinking about this being a possibility th- other than maybe the windowing system that you're suggesting? Right. I think like it, in its it, final, what, two weeks maybe? You I have to know. think about it because they did make a good point that what MoviePass showed was obviously you will get more attendance at the theaters if the cost barrier is lowered. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that just makes sense but you are also undervaluing your product with a subscription-based service so i think that there needs to be a happy middle between letting the theaters decide the true cost of the ticket and keeping the studios out of that a little bit because the theaters have to bear the cost of the of the actual physical building so they need to be able to cover that cost to be able to keep the lights running in the house so (laughs) yeah yeah it, it's definitely more nuanced. Ideally, I'm such an advocate of the theater that I like to see the theater make those decisions. But you are licensing um, product from another company and the company is going to want to protect their product for their own purposes. So it's just going to be a bigger battle. But that article is very misleading. <laughs> don't read it. <laughs> I know I'm bringing it up, but don't read it. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to read it just because I'm, I wasn't familiar with this one. I like to see his points a bit more. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Just, just from thinking about the whole situation of it all, I just don't see it being feasible. Yeah. To say the least. So. I mean, they did have a good point. What, a big bump in the industry we're seeing is is Super Saver Tuesdays, which are discount days. But the theater... It's been a thing for a while, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they've always yeah. been there. But on um, there's always been restrictions. Like, you can't discount a ticket on a sa- on a discount day in the first couple weeks of a run of a film. Okay. Um, so you see them more in, like, big multiplexes where... Um, when there's competition in the area and two, like they can, they will play something on a screen for three or four or five weeks so that down the road there, there's a one discount day, Okay. but a $5 ticket day does get a bump. You know, mm-hmm. it just people, the co- when the cost barrier is lowered, you will get more attendance. It's just at what point do you keep it lowered enough to get the attendance there, but also, you know, retain enough that you can cover your costs. People just like free stuff. They do. They want. So- they everybody let's wants just something make for nothing. Free. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get rid of money. Let's just let's just make money. Not let's a barter. Thing. <laughs> let's barter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I like thinking about that though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, the industry is always changing, and there's always ideas of how to do it. But well, everybody's always wanted variable pricing, but it's yeah. never been a thing. I'm <laughs> yeah. really surprised now. It's like being thrown back in the theater's face. Like we should have always had variable pricing. Well, you should have let us because <laughs> the theaters have always wanted variable pricing, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Comic-Con. Yeah. It happened last week. It last happened. Weekend? Yes, last weekend. Yeah, we had that early podcast, so we yeah, didn't get to... Yeah, where we missed, like, the bulk of all of it. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been a good weekend yeah, to be there. You guys had to yeah. leave me here, yeah. I'm just sitting here like, wow, that would have been nice to talk about. <laughs> that would have been really cool to talk about. I... That would have been nice to talk about. Whoops. I had <laughs> the worst journey trying to get to my camping destination. Oh. It was like an odyssey. It should have taken... 
it was in another state it should only have taken maybe six hours seven hours to drive there and so you know with stops time. and stuff it took us 12 oh my god we took a wrong turn Bummer. there was like traffic galore we, we made the mistake of going through a national park and in my childhood i had always got cut through the park mm. it never been an issue that's the route we took to get to my family's like <laughs> you know like my family hometown um my dad's hometown and and now the parks are just so busy that they are totally like amusement parks it was like bumper to bumper <laughs> traffic the whole way through there that we took a wrong turn just to get out of it and then we were no closer to our destination than when we had started four hours earlier in the day Jeez. so well, that's much worse than mine i just complained oh that i have gosh. a cracked windshield now but you yeah yours was way, sh- way worse yeah i do oh bummer well yours sounds way worse so i feel I got, better about my trip <laughs> i got sunburned because we were stuck sitting in the car in mm-hmm. the line of traffic and i so dare not sun get out is just yeah i had sunburn on the tops of my knees just being in the mm-hmm. car i'm like this is terrible. I Luck- feel you. Luckily, the little boys did really good because we have movies in the back. <laughs> We've watched so many movies. Thank God for movies. Yeah. So, yeah, we missed Comic-Con because of yeah, our crummy we vacation. We were on our odysseys. <laughs> <laughs> we returned home, though. Yeah. yeah what, were, what, would you, what would you say are, like, the biggest news? Obviously, there's the Marvel slate, which we'll talk about here yeah. in a little bit. Well, but, like, that's... <laughs> that? Yeah. I, I mean, well, we saw the I... new It Chapter 2 trailer. That's you know, true. Which is more of a traditional trailer than the one that's been out. That trailer's great, though. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a very good trailer. I'm glad that they're so confident in this movie that they only started out as having, like, a teaser trailer. But now they're saying, like, no, this is the final trailer. I mean, yeah, they're ridiculous how they name trailers. But at least, like, it kind of shows confidence. Yeah. No, I'm, that I'm they sure. Really I'm, like I hope it. the movie will be good. Um, it does. But that I, was a really good trailer. I'm hoping that, it, you know, it'll be kind of a an, an event like the mm-hmm. first one was. Um, the cast they have for the adult kids again, like we've said, is phenomenal. Phenom- yeah, yeah, it's so stacked. It's and really when you good. see them next to the kids, like mm-hmm. it, it's weird. It's a really great casting. It how they're so, so closely yeah. identical. Uh, I actually do think Top Gun was some of the biggest news that came. out I would out argue of that. that was yeah the biggest surprise. Yeah, at least when it comes to movies. We're uh, gonna talk about that trailer Comic-Con. more in depth in a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody was expecting that. Mm-mm. No. I was like, is that even still a thing any- happening yeah. anymore? Yeah, I was like, I remember that was announced like last year or so, but we haven't heard anything from yeah. it. Apparently they had the trailer like ready for a while, but they just decided to drop it here because they well, figured it would be like a big bomb. Yeah, they were showing yeah. Terminator stuff anyway. Why not throw in Top Gun? <laughs> so let's yeah, get to the, the Marvel panel because I think that's what the big news that, that was. That was that's the biggest news. Yeah. Marvel has to mm-hmm. take up all the news. Well, no. they were the only ones cool. that showed up. <laughs> I get back from my trip and I'm like, what happened, guys? What's the news? I know that Marvel dropped some stuff, but did anything else happen? And it was like, no, not really. Yeah, so, but we we already knew this was going to happen. None of the studios yeah. were there. So basically they announced their slate, but only for the next two years, yeah, which I thought was a good thing. You know, they don't right. want to yeah. get people already speculating and fan theorizing for a movie that's not coming out for another seven years. As cool as it was to see like a seven year slate, like what the last um, phase was, I think this is good, especially after Endgame to be like, okay, like we do have a lot of stuff. A lot of it's going to be in theaters. A lot of it will also, also be on Disney+. Plus. Um, but we also don't need to bombard you with so much content. Like here's yeah. just a little bit. So look forward to these, this yeah. handful. Let us work on the other stuff. So that when we do reveal them, there's actually stuff worth revealing. Yeah. I so, mean, they didn't reveal right. black Panther two at all for a release date. They didn't, uh, show anything for guardians three or even announce a Spider-Man three, but I think those will come probably in the next two to three years or so, or mm-hmm. 
at least then more announcements will be made of it. So no one worry about that stuff. But just give us a quick rundown of what they did announce. Um, the movie. Do you the guys want me to include Disney Plus stuff at all, or should we just do the well, theatrical? Say releases? the names of the Disney Plus stuff. Okay. Just um, so that we can compare. Okay. Cool. Um. So first up is going to be Black Widow, which is releasing uh, next year, May 1st. Is that Disney Plus? That is not Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah, do all the theatrical ones first. Theatr- okay, we'll okay, do it so that we're way. on Theatrical Plus first. Or yeah. Theatrical Plus first. <laughs> Only on Theater Plus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sadly, that might be a, that could be a thing. Oh um, yes. Uh, but when it comes to theater releases, that's the first one. After that will be The Eternals, uh, which comes out in November of 2020. Uh, after that will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, only the best. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Let me back up. After the Eternals will be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, which will be released February 12th, 2021. These titles. Which, I know, the title's fantastic still. After that will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Again, great titles um, for May 7th, 2021 followed by that would be november of that year november of that year uh with with thor love and thunder thor four thor four love and thunder which i (laughs) i love the title i've actually been hearing a lot of people poo-pooing it but i i don't know i think (laughs) that's what thor is now like that fits perfectly yeah i so i don't get what people are complaining about but yeah those are the theatrical releases you can fit them all can you fit them all in one hand i mean yeah that i named five right I can't remember them already, but I like that you can fit them all <laughs> in one Widow. hand. It was Black Widow because Eternal, it's like okay, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, yeah, yeah that's five. five, nice. And I like that these are kind of becoming more solo stories again. Like we're but, taking yeah, a step was, back. That was my biggest and just being away. like, let's just tell independent stories. Maybe introduce a new character like Eternals or Shang Chi. Maybe introduce a new Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. I don't know, but uh, I like that they're going to be scaling it back a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it looks like it's going to be a lot more self-contained, really diving into the, or embrace, doubling down on, like, the pulpy, mm-hmm. comic-y aspect of it. Um, Do we get to find out why Black Widow had blonde hair then, when we see her again <laughs> in Infinity the War? Real questions. I think this movie takes place between Civil War and hair, Infinity War. So it's possible. It I, I think the identity thing, concealer, I don't know. I don't Sure. No, I, I think the most interesting thing, though, that I took away from this, which is why you don't have to say the Disney Plus things because, eh, but yeah. uh, was go theaters because like half <laughs> half of the slate is Disney Plus thing with like yeah. the Loki series and the Hawkeye series. And I'm just wondering if going forward, if there's going to be like a clear differentiation between the the theater movies and the streaming things, because are those series or are those movies? Those are going to be series. They're series. going to be like mini series, all almost, of them, like are? eight episodes. Pretty yeah. sure. Okay, so I'm wondering if there's going to be other aside from the length, like production. I'm talking like production value. Sure. You know sure. the technical aspects, whether or not there's going to be a clear difference between the two, and how audiences will react to to the streaming things. You know, will it will it mesh? Because I don't think a lot of people would say that the the Marvel series we already have, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, while they're, I'm sure, still good, nobody's saying that they're like on the production value of the, the Marvel movies. But that was on Netflix. I know. That That's why I'm Netflix. wondering. Cause they now put some with, money into them, but I see what Disney you're saying. Now Disney backing yeah. it, and obviously Disney has a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how that's going to change just kind of the cultural perception of Marvel. I think I don't think it's going to change too much. Um, I think they're going to want to keep their movies and shows looking identical going forward in terms of production value. And I think since TV already is 
ramping up its game to almost feel like mini movies in a way when it comes to production value. I could see Disney just doing the same. And you're right. They have the money to do it. I I guess I'm just wondering how the saturation of the streaming things with the theatrical will if if well, that'll change that the perception to, of it all because right now yeah. when people talk about marvel they're talking about the movies and they're talking about the events that they all go to the theater to see mm-hmm. but maybe who knows if now that there's this big selection of potentially equal production value streaming things if maybe people won't be as inclined to go to the movie theaters to see those ones because there's more of the streaming things maybe the more casual people will because, you know, the Marvel movies always attracted everybody. Yeah. A lot of super casual people who just go because that's what everyone's seeing. Yeah. But maybe I'm wondering if the casual people won't be as inclined to go because they're like, well, isn't there another one that's coming to Disney Plus mm-hmm. here soon? I maybe I'll just wait it. for that. I'm not sure yeah. either. Um, I think this, uh, Marvel's still going to try to have so much connective tissue to where it will feel like people are mostly inclined to keep checking it out. Like, for example, WandaVision, they're supposed to loosely tie it into multiverse of madness because because wanda's in it because yeah because scarlet witch is going to be in it um she's not dead oh no that's when she came back <laughs> i can't keep up with everything uh, so i think they're going to still try and do that but i think um it's not going to change so much for casual audiences because they're like you were saying they're just going to be like oh i gotta go see it because everyone else seeing it and just going blind i mean that's what happened with endgame you know like I wonder, too, if people aren't going to be just confused by it all. Because, yeah. like, we were talking here in the office about the Shang-Chi movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's the Ten Rings? Eric didn't know that the Ten Rings were part of Iron Man 3 and that they were a real Who's thing. Who's going to remember that? And that there was that whole scene, at, that whole <laughs> short video scene at the end of, I can't remember what it was, that where he... See? The one shot with the, Ben Kingsley's yeah, uh, fake the prison, Mandarin character and in prison. And they have to bust him out of prison. Yeah. And you, you saw the Ten Rings actual tattoo to show it was a real organization. Yeah. yeah I have no idea. And Eric totally didn't know. And I'm like, oh gosh, what is... That was How like do you a, not know that. I think like, that was a. It was filmed to be like a DVD extra, but you could see it all over online. I think it was when they were and doing those one shots. Still, it was like yeah, the last. It was around that. I don't even know what the one shots are. The one shots is what started the after the the end of credit scenes. They were short little um, shorts, like thirty seconds or whatever little films. Or so they are the minutes. end credit scenes. No. They are what the end credit scenes turned into, but they're the beginnings of them. So. They had one title, Thor's Hammer, on the way to Thor's Hammer, and that was Agent um, Coulson. Coulson. I want to say Clark, because that's his name, Clark Gregg. Agent Clark Gregg. <laughs> Agent Clark Gregg. <laughs> Agent Coulson stops in the, yeah. in the mini store, and the, in the mini convenience store, and it's going to get robbed, and he saves the They're not the all girl. important, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so don't that's know. it. They just, the one shots are what started the after credit scenes because they they were purposely created as like little one-offs i think one was in the agent carter one yeah it it, there was something that happened with peggy i don't know i i actually i think that that's what started her her short-lived um series yeah because it was so popular people wanted more agent carter Mm -hmm. the most popular one for sure is the one shot of ben kingsley's mandarin being Mm -hmm. uh taken out of prison yeah. Because there was so much backlash for yeah. the Mandarin twist as well. There's just a lot. I mean, I, I I do think a lot more, not diehard fans, but audiences who like 
frequently watch these movies or um, have really good comprehension and remember what they're seeing <laughs> eric i'm not i'm not too surprised about eric not i'm honestly i'm not too surprised about eric not remembering like it's really okay but it's just a cool way for them to be able to tie it back together well, i mean i guess like i like we said earlier nothing can last forever and part of me wonders if this doubling down on the comic booky aspect the pulpiness the connective tissue now that's spread out across two major mediums if maybe you know because nothing lasts forever the the core fan base will mm-hmm. stay and that's a big fan base so well, you know that's it'll the probably always they be big. want for yeah, the streaming I think, because they'll pay for it you know endgame the culmination of that's the peak of it all of the casual non-core fan base yeah. included because everybody had to be there but maybe they'll just kind of fall off and Marvel won't be it won't go away but it's not going to be the dominating thing well I think maybe their strategy has shifted they are going to do the Disney plus the streaming stuff for the hardcore fans that are willing to pay for streaming consistently yeah and then they'll do the one-off event films for the casual fan that just wants to pay for it one so they're still capturing the media dollars of the whole group they're just getting it maybe more consistently through one medium and then on the big events of the other i'm just trying to figure out what will ultimately what and how marvel will decline from its reigning supreme throne because it has to happen it has to happen odds are it'll probably be when they start to just not be good (laughs) yeah yeah well i mean i've seen several different polls from like a bunch of different websites they're always like what was your favorite announcement at comic-con or what was what was your favorite part of the marvel slate and it's like combined like 80 percent of them are for the f- heroes we're already familiar with you know thor yeah. doctor strange those yeah. two together boom that's like 80 percent of the votes yeah and then there's some for black widow and like nothing for shang chi or for the eternals and that's just i know those, was there those nothing are just for blade too because blade, blade was wasn't on the with blade wasn't on there. yeah was it not on there okay um, i mean maybe it was but it was tiny that was one i forgot to mention <laughs> but, but that's that just goes into my theory that you know this, we joked not my blade this next phase <laughs> this next phase isn't going to be as popular because the people that everyone was so invested in already are gone casual people aren't going to want to get reinvested yeah. in i mean that's a whole new cast that's scary for me to think of because i think there is potential for these characters to become memorable i mean because that happened with the guardians you know like guardians no one knew and now they're like the biggest faces of marvel's brand thanks to james gunn yes yes a big chunk of it goes to james gunn of course but i just hope that that can happen again because there's a lot of potential here has the power to do that with suicide squad if suicide Mm. squad doesn't work then it's partly then you can't all it's only james gunn i would think can't take any character and make it amazing no. Or can you? No. <laughs> it does show, though, that, and this is what I've always been fearful about streaming. Not that streaming was going to just totally displace theaters, but what they're what it's doing is taking content from theaters. This is yeah. Yeah. content that theaters totally could play. I'm glad to see <coughs> that it's more serialized, so that it's just in miniseries rather than one-off movies. But it would. I just feel that some of that could still been theatrically yeah. dominant and that theaters could totally. use it mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that was the biggest announcement at comic-con so there you go <laughs> a week later but we did it You're welcome. <laughs> then maybe what we'll be seeing at a comic-con panel next year is 
for movie theaters or should be at CinemaCon. We should all talk about this at CinemaCon next year. The threat of drones. Dun, dun, dun. What What do you mean? Well, it started because I, we, got a random, we got a phone call. Here I'm not going to use any names or anything. But we got yeah. a phone call and basically a theater owner was telling me that they, they have to... They're building up like a small army of drones so that they can send them out to attack and break and take down other drones that people are using to pirate movies. I think it was The Lion King. Yeah. They were using to pirate The Lion King. And at first I was like, what? And then... And then Cody told me, oh, it's probably a drive-in. Yeah. I'm like, so oh, think- that makes sense. I didn't even think about that possibility. Just, just real quick, why are you pirating The Lion King when there's already an animated movie? <laughs> well, why? Because pirates it, are stupid. Because they can put it online and get clicks. I, it, well, yes. I, I just, about the clicks. I'm just jokingly meaning clicks. like you already have the animated version. Right. No, but you know, that's <laughs> it. It seems like a very small thing, but I mean, oh, it's funny, but it's, it's a real thing. It could be a Apparently. real thing. So <laughs> if... Everybody has to be, I hope, familiar with a drive-in theater. But if you're not, drive-in theaters are huge screens out in the middle, basically, of a field. And you sit in your car and you watch the film in your in the luxury of your car over the your car sound system. Yeah, you like tune it to a certain radio yeah. station, right? And um, and they're making a resurgent comeback, mostly in southern states where the temperature and the weather. Um, are better year round but we have them up here in the north and they play just in summers mm-hmm. and it's really fun they do very well yeah i've been to a couple and they're very yeah. popular um and but Some what we're ups. but in this new era with technology drone you know and piracy concerns drones can cause an issue i mean it's one thing to be like on the ground trying to trying to record on your little phone the shady hooded guy from all yeah. those movie theater ads and you're got the cars all in front of you so i don't think it's ever been a problem from phones but you get a drone up there that sees eye level with the theater with the screen and can take the screen and its whole view mm-hmm. i guess it's see not people, it's still not going to look good but you can do it but you can get high definition gopro footage mm-hmm. in 4k <laughs> i mean you can get great footage from a drone now. I mean, the real estate industry is using oh, yeah, them the like crazy. Oh, yeah, the crazy. I mean, I don't know what they would do about the audio, but like maybe hold up a, a mic to the radio station and then sync it up do and you, then put that online. Yeah, I mean, they would not get audio, that's for sure, but you could get video for clips. I mean, and mm-hmm. you could get the video on there. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting <sighs> conundrum. Now... I don't think we need to go out and advocate having your own drone army to take out the foreign enemy drones, <laughs> but but it is maybe something to consider. Me, you know, there are some drive-ins that do have speaker systems. Yeah. I would definitely go to only car car stereo systems, mm-hmm. um, so that you can hopefully protect the audio and they can't get both. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else, you know, you do other than maybe having like you can have um camera lights like laser lights that can maybe flash around that wouldn't hit the audience on the ground but maybe would hit that level in the yeah. air so that you get a la- nice laser projection right through it to the camera. You have a guy with a gun just walking around. <laughs> well, that's what I was doing because when you I wrote about this, but please, when next I, to the theater. but please don't do that. We're already well. When I was writing about when I was is. writing about this, I was like, this is such a bizarre thing that I can't believe nobody really thought of before. Well, what are some actual realistic solutions? Right. You know, if you take your drones 
counter drones and <laughs> take them down. What if they like fall on a person's car and like dent their watch hood? That over the movie you know, things like day. that. You can't do that. <laughs> but you also can't have a guy constantly walking around like checking every car. Like, you guys got any drones? You, yeah, are you piling any drones? Yeah, prove it. Prove it. So like, you know, the, and you the, don't even need to be in the in the in the drive-in lot. No, you don't have to be, have able to be in, the, in, the in the vicinity. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you know, jokingly, kind of jokingly, I was like, well, really, what can you do other than, like, take another drone and, like, clamp, like, a big piece of plywood or, like, yeah. a cardboard and just, like, park it in front of the other drone and just, like, block their camera? Can the drone even, like, withstand the weight of that? If it's just a sheet of cardboard, maybe, you know, just, like, right. jerry-rig it, duct tape, like, a binder clip to it and then clip a piece of cardboard to that, tape it onto the drone, fly it up and park it in front of the other drone and block the camera. But, like... You know, this well, is such it, a bizarrely, such a modern day 2019 right. thing. And it's probably not a big deal, but the theater can get in trouble. Like if, if it gets traced back that somebody yeah. recorded at your theater, yeah. you can get in trouble from the film company for that. Like you no are good. watching out for those shady pirates. Yeah, That's why theaters do theater checks. That's why somebody comes into the auditorium to make sure nobody's recording. It's, mm-hmm. It is on the theater to do that. It's going to be on these drive-ins to make sure that this stuff and you know you don't even need the audio if it's a big film like a marvel movie where there's a twist ending yeah you know and people just want to know what the ending is and who would want to know the ending beforehand (laughs) sick person would seek that out before they even saw the movie makes me sick got deranged (laughs) not in the right mind uh but eric did have like a really good opinion article about yeah. this on silverscreeninsider.com so you guys should check it out it's a really fun read and check he makes some out. good points yeah of course I, yeah it's just, i really it's like whoa it. this is such a bizarre issue but yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not a legitimate one just know ssi is the first to report on the drone is- security issues we're starting exactly. we're starting the worry the we're not starting the worry but yeah. we're we're well, looking out for you guys yeah we are and all the crazy ahead things of that technology things. could do because <laughs> oh. drones are getting more and more mm-hmm. like easier to obtain cheaper and just more sophisticated and the oh, yeah. and the image yeah. quality you get on them is amazing yeah you're right the future is now i haven't but yeah but i i should go back to uh drive-in theater because we don't have we have one close by to us and i just haven't yeah. been there in so yeah. many years i've only been there twice i i mean i'm sure i went when i was really little but <laughs> the one time i went the other time i went was a double feature of the other guys and grown-ups <laughs> neither of which were that good but that's a it, it i think that's experience a really of good the driving you know actually i think I was, this is how long ago mine was it was when uh that underdog oh remake gosh. came out i was young when that ha- when that underdog, came out underdog. but that was probably was like one of my favorite theater experiences or yeah no it's a cool way to see it yeah because i was like with my cousins and uh, we were watching underdog because we were <laughs> Was with my cousins it, and my so. driving experience too well, there, there you go oh Walk, gosh, go, go to them with your cousins i don't remember my last driving experience <laughs> oh on grown-ups is that the one where they go like on vacation all together with yeah it's families? like adam sandler yeah they go Chris Rock. they go camping favorite uh, david spade from that that i've always still used i want to get chocolate wasted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a it's line. weirdly uh a funny movie. I don't know. I, I think it it's one good. of his good ones. I mean, it's horrible, but it's a guilty pl- I would be lying if I said it wasn't a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. I never That's saw the good second one, though. But... The second one's, I don't think that one's very good, but... Anyways. 
Let's get on to the trailers and then. Okay. Yes, there wrap were this trailers. Up. Wrap this there up. were trailers that dropped this week. Well, let's week. talk about the um, Top Gun trailer since we mentioned that. Yeah, Comic Con. So, I mean, what can you say? It's Top Gun. It's Tom Cruise is back. I Maverick. liked it. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I but, uh, care for it. But... In this day and age, I even if it looks good, there's still a thing in the back of my head like, why, why do we really have to come back to this story? Like, I don't know. Because I'm, it'll make money. And then when I realize that that's probably a major reason why it's happening, it makes it kind of hard to get invested in it. I just had I a hard know. time trying to decipher if it's trying to pay homage to the first one at all or if it's trying to be like it's remind you hey, own this is thing. a thing. Well, when it was first announced, yeah, they made a big deal that, about That's my one concern. But I did think it looked like yeah. a really so cool the trailer, looking movie. Oh, it's slick. Like it, the production value right. is there. It, yeah. it looks cool. Yeah. But like when it was first announced, there was a big deal about Miles Teller is going to be his son and you kind of got the sense that there's going to be the classic new generation of younger pilots that come in. Well, yeah. But this trailer was all about Tom Cruise getting like questioned by Ed Harris who has like so many wrinkles. He's did not look. Oh my God. He, he was, he's getting up there. Like, hard to I feel like he's looked the same forever <laughs> until this. And until I'm like, oh my God. Like it's like a fractal that never ends. Maybe one with Tom Cruise does that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but no, he's getting up there in his years. So that's yeah, for sure. He's questioning Tom Cruise about why he is continued to have such an illustrious career of being a captain the whole time and not moved on and, and then it flashes back that um, that whatever spiel over old flashback scenes of the original, new scenes of the new um, piloting and the new aircrafts and the new areas that they're going to be showing yeah, it off. It's very much a teaser type trailer. Oh, yeah. It didn't give en- the story anything away other than you know that Tom Cruise is still a pilot in the same position he was back back in the first movie. Jennifer Connelly's in it, who I always like seeing. Did you even see her in the trailer? Yeah, you see it for like a split second, okay. like on a motorcycle or something. I didn't. As you do. I just got. <laughs> I just didn't like how they used the old footage of the original movie to be like. So I rewatched remember, it. Remember, remember Top yeah. Top Gun. I still. I rewatched it after you told me that, and I still don't see it. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm, the one that got me was, um, the the scene where it's, it's him and Iceman in a bar playing, or something. Right? It's it's Goose playing Goose. the um, piano and they're seeing the bar. Weird. Maybe that's yeah, a that's really a, good yeah, scene because yeah, yeah. Meg Ryan's like. That's my favorite line from the whole movie where she's like, take me to bed or lose me forever. (laughs) I think it has been a while since I saw the first one then because I rewatched that scene and I was like, I still don't see it, but maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm just weird. You know, I just like that one. But I I I still liked, I still enjoyed this teaser. It been, it, yeah, I don't know. I, how many times can you say how? Why do they need to remake I, this? Everything's being remade. Everything's brought liked, back. Nothing ever ends. I liked um, the sweeping mountain scenes because that's kind of where we live. And I'm like, oh, nice. That's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> I don't away. think that that's what I'm supposed to take away from that. <laughs> Ooh, but I was the money shot was Tom so Cruise in the Tom Cruise in the jet. But then you see him surrounded by the other jets following him, and I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. Yeah, like of course, he, Tom Cruise, I read that he made all the other people have to learn to fly the yeah. jets themselves. and then he had to learn... You're going to be in this movie with me, you were going to fly for real. And then he had to teach uh, real pilots, like, how to do the cinematography of showing, like, those other pilots. Like, it's it's crazy. I'm cool. sure there's it's, lots of cool technical stuff going on. It's yeah. just... But that was the money shot for me. I, I was know. like, we'll, this that could be cool. We'll but. see if it will probably make money, because for some reason, Top Gun is, like, a huge thing. 
You know, I always yeah. just kind of thought it was another right. one of Tom Cruise's like early movies. They're kind of all just blended together into young Tom Cruise movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for some reason, that one was just like huge. Yeah, it's so. j- something about planes. I think so Val Kilmer is going to be in it, right? Yeah, yeah he is. is. Talk about another one that doesn't look the same as what he did when he was younger. <laughs> Although he, to be fair, he did have throat cancer. So yeah, there is a reason. Yeah, so he had, he had some stuff going that. on. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but he's still doing yeah. well though. It seems like from it. So, um, but yeah, he's going to be in that too, which will be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick. It's a yeah. Thing. It was at Comic Con. <laughs> and uh, the other two trailers, I guess we can talk about. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I think we do oh, need to talk about that one. That one was so good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks is. I mean, I feel like we just perfect. saw. I mean, because of, you know the documentary uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" kind of brought just the just the angelic nature of Mister Rogers kind of back into the public consciousness, and now we're getting like the you know everybody likes kind of those dramatized mm-hmm. based on a true story yeah. movies everybody loves tom hanks everybody lo- loves mr rogers yeah it's a perfect combination I and think, i believe for this yeah. movie it's the story of this reporter um that gave like an in-depth interview with mr rogers yeah and no, apparently that had it's based on his writings yeah that that has a, a big effect on the writer i suppose or it's like a something of the sort so that's what this movie is is based on an a24 movie called the end of the tour about a writer david foster oh Wallace, being with interviewed Eisen- by eisenberg Lewski. yeah jesse eisenberg and jason siegel yeah um right which is structurally looks almost like the exact same thing mm-hmm. but you know it makes for a good in in to the story so yeah i um i think that with a lot going on, people I've noticed have been really more drawn to the feel good movies this year. Like you know, Bill the, and Ted. well, like, yeah, I think <laughs> well, we're sick Ted, of constant irony and cynicism and, and yeah. they're getting so much of it in our like charged mm. political climate. Uh-huh. That the oh, every, going every through. movie, every show has to be smart and politically aware and socially conscious, which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. But when everything is doing it, you yeah. can't really blame people for, you know, people are like, yes, of course, I'm aware of these things. It's right. not like I don't want to be pay attention, but they just want know. escapism. That's what movies are supposed Come to be, on. escapism. And I think people want to escape to something more positive. I think that's why yesterday well, is yeah, I mean, it's, doing so well. Yeah. Like it's I wouldn't a slow even call, rumble. I wouldn't even call a movie like "Won't You Be My" or "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood" escapism. It's 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 just as aware and publicly socially conscious. Just about beautiful right. optimistic things you know I, th- it's, I think it's people need that about a, a real person that touched so many lives because he was so open and friendly to just about every yeah, person people are like guess what there's it's lots a good of, feeling there's lots of these <laughs> ugly nasty things that are very real and you know legitimate but that doesn't mean that there's not lots also lots of real legitimate kindness and beauty and inspirational things to look mm-hmm. for yeah and people are just like i think come if they on we need Bob more Ross of these types back, of stories I think yeah. I think this is going to do very well. Um it it's played it. in in front of um uh, Once Upon a Time and I don't yeah. know about you but I was hearing quite a few people be oh, like yeah. so yes, it's going to Mr. Rogers guys. And it's like, Tom Hanks. Come on. Yeah. Oh, Tom Hanks is nailing the how to impersonate Mr. Rogers. Like I had to do a double take when I first saw it. I was like, "Wait, that no, that's Tom Hanks." Okay, but that's <laughs> I, it was perfect casting. Yeah, it's beautiful, per- beautiful. It's a great. It's, it's a great, great first trailer for this. Because that's yeah. when it comes oh, yeah. out. Thanksgiving. Families are gonna get together, oh. and it's like, let's go give the kids a positive message. That's yeah. smart. The people, that's the, very the smart. people directly next to me, uh, the the woman, because it was a couple. She sang the little song because the trailer ends with, 
Mr. Rogers on like the subway and there's a group of people who like notice him and then they sing the yeah. won't please won't you be my neighbor song to him. And that after classic the, scene <laughs> after the trailer ended, the woman next to me like kind of sang it quietly to mm-hmm. her boyfriend or husband. And she's like, Did you know the song? Did you know the song? I knew the song. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's just so beautiful. So nice. No, yeah. I really liked it. I thought the quality was there. I think I wouldn't underestimate that one. That one's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess the third trailer that we should probably mention. Uh, Zombieland two, Zombieland Double Tap. It's actually it's happening. Yeah, I know, right? It's one of those things where. Oh my goodness! Just because in our job, what we do, we hear about these things way ahead of time. Yeah, when they're technically a thing, mm-hmm. you know, like this movie has been announced and it has a release date, but there's uh, no yeah. images, no trailers, no nothing. Right. And so I'm just kind of, we're just kind of aware of it. And then once the actual trailer comes out, then all the other people are like, hey, did you know this is a thing? Yeah. How awesome was the beginning of the trailer? I don't know about if Eric thought this was cool, but I did. Um, Was Academy Award nominee. Academy Award nominee. Academy Award winner. They are all like amazing. These like serious high grade actors. All of them. They they drafted. I almost said they drafted. (laughs) They casted. uh, How crazy They casted so well back then, 10 years ago. Yeah, they so knew there was something in all of them. Is Woody Harrelson nominated? Has he won? I couldn't remember. He's all been. Those. He's definitely nominated. He I don't think nominated. he's won. Jesse Emma Stone Eisenberg. has won. Jesse Eisenberg was nominated. Abigail, Abigail Breslin was nominated. Yeah. So Emma and Stone's the only winner of them all, but still, it's they like, all got Well, nominated. that's why she was last. They were like yeah. a kind of serious prestige. And then and it's, it's like Zombieland for Zombieland too. Yeah. But it's and awesome they got that the crazy you know, gun action shots. It's awesome that despite how far they've come in their careers, like they're still willing to have fun with each other and go back to this. Yeah. No, no I thought the great. trailer was. I thought the trailer was good. It's. It it's, feels like it's coming back to what the first was, and I think the fans yeah. of the movie will like that. I think that. there's a lot of good humor. Like I, I hope that the the best those hum, humor lines weren't just in the trailer, but if that's indicative of what's through the whole movie, I think it's gonna be. Yeah, hilarious. I feel like yeah. it's, it's one of those movies where even if it is a lot like the original, you know, it's been long enough, and that was a totally good formula. It worked for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's not what I would have expected or necessarily wanted from the sequel i never i never been clamoring for that like i really do like zombie lane but i never really clamored yeah. for it to be to a me sequel. when i first heard that it was, there was almost a... a tv show too at one point oh, and geez. i never understood yeah when i first when we, when we first found out that a second one was announced i was like what could they do with the second yeah one? aside from probably what they will do and just do the same thing but whatever i was thinking like well wait yeah where do they go from here they're kind of a ragtag found family what if zombies are just kind of like a nuisance and it's almost not even a zombie movie. Like mm-hmm. occasionally they have to, you know, shoot yeah. the zombie off their front porch, right. but it just kind of dives into their own. Now, how do you survive? Chemistry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how do you survive each other? <laughs> but I don't know. So that's a thing now. I kind of wonder if it's going to be a story about them growing apart. Oh, it's going to happen. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Well, okay. Then I guess I, then I guess I was right. <laughs> Can we talk about one more trailer? Because I feel like it ties in with this yeah. one. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Which was the Jay and Silent Bob trailer. Oh, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, yeah. That did yeah. come out during Comic-Con. Oh, That's my gosh. For a Kevin Smith movie, it just it put a smile on my face. Yes. You know, it's... So yeah, childish so and naive mm-hmm. and juvenile and vulgar, but, but that's har- exactly what those characters have always been. But it harkens know. back to all of the Kevin Smith films. Is it's kind of like his retrospective, like I'm gonna his w- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, weirdly enough, because he <laughs> yeah, suffered. Yeah, you're from not that, wrong. He suffered from that massive heart attack. Oh yeah, near not too fatal long ago, attack. and that definitely has changed his uh, perspective on life and how he. Uh, 
condones himself. I mean, he's still the same Kevin Smith, of course, but he just yeah. has a he has a different outlook, I think, than as he did before. You can't deny it doesn't look like a Kevin Smith. Movie. I like when he introduces it. I don't know if you saw in like that part where you know that him and Jace stand Jason there. Muse. Yeah, Jason Muse stand there and they introduce him. They're like we're refugees from the nineties. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the nineties. I love. Well, it was funny because factors high. It's nostalgia factor, but also just how self-aware, like yeah, he they is. are and what their um content is. As and well. where it, it just all it works so well. Like I've grown humor is rooted. It's yeah. totally rooted in nineties humor. It's I grow not... so much more fond of Kevin Smith each year. Yeah, like I, I I'm happy for that a, guy. He's you could watch him tell a story for hours. He's such oh, yeah. a good his podcast. He's just so good at talking. Is so good, and I mean, some of his movies are legitimately great. I love a, like a good amount of his movies. Some of them are chasing Amy, terrible. But again, knows, it, comes, it goes back it to what too. I was saying with Nicolas Cage. It's still Kevin Smith. You yeah, know? Right. I I want to see what zany new adventure Kevin Smith has. Yeah, because even if it's bad, it's it's a Kevin Smith adventure, and you're not nothing else is like that. So. Yeah, I forgot about that trailer. Actually, I'm excited. I feel for that. like it, like Zombieland's doing the same thing where it, it because it, it's over ten years now, it's like harkening back to the things that you expect from the zomb the first zombie mm-hmm. um, land movie. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for both. Actually, <laughs> I just want maybe I'm kind of indicative of what consumers want. We just want something like that's kind of fun. That's not like gonna be politically like charged by any means it's just i want to go have fun yes during it and mm-hmm. laugh and even if like zombies get blown to pieces i'm okay with that yeah it's super fun to see zombies zombie gore yeah. zombie gore is awesome although i don't really like zombies i just never understood them i'm like i just remember they were so played out within like a year yeah. but then they I kept happening and then yeah. they kind of went away i just meant as a monster i think they're dumb the body is going to be deteriorating the whole time. Like, just give it some time, and they're just going to be skeletons. And yeah. They can't stand up. They can't support themselves. They can't. Well, no, their ligaments are going to be the first to go. They can't move. I just the World War Z be- zombies say otherwise, though. Those things are those run. technically zombies, or are they like infected? Uh, infected zombies. I don't know. <laughs> Zombie esque. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Our takeaway from this podcast is the world needs more positivity. I thought you were going to say the whether world that needs positivity, more zombies. Whether yeah. that positivity comes from movie stars, yeah. whether that positivity comes from Bill and Ted 3, whether that yeah. positivity comes from Jay and Silent Bob reboot, <laughs> you know, people just want to feel good. Want, they want to feel well good said. Back, factors back. <laughs> yes. Oof, that was a lot of stuff. That yeah, was. we finally got through it. I guess we didn't overhype it at the beginning. So do you think... Yeah, I, a, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> do you think Once Upon a Time will dethrone lion no, king not probably chance. not, not no chance. but i do think once upon time can end up making more than people bargain yeah for. i think it's gonna do solid business for very good reason it's a beautiful movie everybody should go check it out it is long so you know know that when you go in it it was exactly three hours when we walked out of the theater you know we got there at seven forty-five. yeah after it, the it, previews and the movie ten forty-five is when i walked out the door so brace yourself if you guys can watch avengers it. endgame i think I think there's a chance you can watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that that's three hours. <laughs> right? It's weird. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I think Lion King will still it's take too big. the Pride Lands of the box office. Uh, Rule the Pride Lands. Rule the Pride Lands of the box office. Uh, it still wasn't good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. You tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'll try to check out Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I am 
kind of going to save it, I think, yeah. because I'm going to go on a work trip, not next week, but the week after to visit some clients and I want to go see it in a good theater. Yeah. Same you don't thing. see it here with these non-existent no. surround sound. Same thing with um, Hobbs and Shaw. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think I want to see Hobbs and Shaw in this local theater because I want the big explosive well, that sound. that just made me sad. Right? Although there is an IMAX theater not far from here. I know, right? Man, that, now that I've become aware of these things, it's like... A connoisseur. Yeah. We'll have to think about that. We'll have to think about that. Anyway. I yeah. Know. So I'm holding I, so I might not see Hobbs and Shaw on the early show, but I, I will catch it and I will catch once upon a time just in a better theater. <laughs> cool, cool. Fair enough with me. Yeah. As should as should you all. Yeah. Well, Demand um, better at your local theaters. <laughs> Protest. <laughs> cool. Well, on that note, have a good weekend. Go see Tarantino's ninth film. Yeah. Bask in the glory of it think positive thoughts yeah make sure to check <laughs> us out at silverscreeninsider.com as well as on the apple yeah. store the apple podcast apple store podcast. itunes uh and itunes, iTunes. Is that what, yeah it's still it's called apple, that okay I think it's apple podcast now oh wherever you get wherever right. you get podcasts um, through apple it, check it's out we're there on off awesome, the break podcast our awesome drone uh um article article thank you right and yep and our <laughs> reviews on once upon a time so you can get a little bit more in depth it's coming it's not up yet it's not it's coming gotta gather my thoughts drone review spread the word we must protect the drive-ins <laughs> <laughs> bye everyone bye, bye.